The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio. From the Global News Radio studios in Toronto, with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers, here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the show about money. It's Hi-Fi Radio, and I am Wolfgang Klein. Top of the day to each and every one of you, my brothers and sisters. Indeed, we are all one. I can't stress that point enough, and that's why Jack and I put this show together for you each week so we can help all of you be wealthier people. Uh, you know, you really you can't have too much wealth, but you can have too little. And uh, I saw a wonderful piece uh, on Instagram, a um, little video clip uh, by uh, none other than Bill Gates, and uh, he was asked once a question, uh, when Bill was the richest man in the world, uh, who Bill thought the richest man in the world was. And it went into a cute little story. how uh, Bill was at an airport, not once, but twice, and went to get a newspaper and had no change in his pocket to pay for it. And so the newspaper vendor gave him the newspaper. And it really struck Bill Gates' uh, heart, so much so that when he became wealthy enough, he sought this man out. It took him a month. And he said, sir, you were very kind to me, giving me a newspaper. I want to repay you. Anything you want, you can have. And the man said, no, it's, it, I wanted to give to you, and that's what I have done. And so, of course, Bill Gates found him to be the wealthiest man as he gives from the heart and receives in return. Ah, good morning to you. I hope your morning is kicking off nicey-nice. It is a long weekend here in Ontario anyways, and I wish you a safe one and uh, a joyous one. The weather continues to be hot, uh, as does the market. Uh, of course, I will be frustrated on Monday when the U.S. trades in Canada remain, or Ontario, oh no, Canada. Uh, the TSX will be closed on Monday while the U.S. continues into a new month. And it's a month that I'm always a little bit concerned with. Um, seasonal uh, factors do come into play. Uh, August, September, beginning of October tend not to be the friendliest months for investors. Again, we are in a bull market, my good friends. You have to look beyond the noise, but it doesn't hurt to have a little weather forecast to see what type of turbulence perhaps uh, we could be faced for. Just, you know, so uh, buyer beware, so to speak, and uh, being informed, I think, will help you uh, better weather the potential volatility that seasonal factors come into play. Uh, An expert in the world of seasonal investing is a dear friend of mine, Mr. Don Avilo. He's a market strategist. Uh, he's an author. Uh, Tech Talk is a uh, subscription I receive from him each and every day, uh, and he's open to sharing that with each and every one of you. Uh, if you Google Mr. Don Velo Tech Talk, uh, you can subscribe to some fantastic work that he uh, studiously writes each and every day. And uh, Don, you're a man, Jack and I would say, with Ikiga as you are sort of long retired, but never retired. You continue to uh, plow forward. You're uh, slightly into your 70s, young man. And I continue to tip my hat as I read great work from you. I want to wish you a good morning and ask, how are you, Don? Yeah, thanks for having me back, Wolf. Uh, yeah, it's been, been fun being in this industry. There's always something happening. And as you mentioned, uh, things don't look too good during the next uh, little while. But uh, we've had a heck of a summer rally this year. Typically what happens, and 
a lot of people are very happy right now. However, we are facing the typical period for all world markets to move slightly lower from approximately the third week in July right through until the second week in October. Nothing serious, but you know, a drop of uh, 1.5% to 2.5% is quite normal during this time. The period is more likely known because of its volatility. If you look at the VIX index, that's an indication of the volatility in the U.S. equity market. It tends to be uh, really high at this time of year. And once again this year, it's very high and likely will continue to be that way between now and at least until the middle of October. You know, I I would um, say that the VIX, uh, my, my, my automotive buffs out there, would be akin to a tachometer, the, the RPM of the engine of the market. Uh, the VIX is a simple calculation uh, based on options, puts and calls, and the difference in price between short-term puts and long-term puts. Uh, don't, don't be confused. Don't be afraid. Don't turn off your radio. Don't do that. No, turn up your radio. I'm trying to teach you something here. Uh, if you want to see what the RPM is of the market, you look at the VIX. And if you don't, don't. That's okay. Jack and I do that each and every day for you anyways. Uh, but it is interesting stuff. And uh, if the VIX goes higher, that means volatility, price movement uh, will be more erratic. Um, Don, um, you, you, you've done a lot of research on uh, the seasonal aspects of the marketplace. Um, quickly, with interest in time for our first uh, hit here, uh, 60 seconds, let's say, uh, why is the market more volatile between the month of August, September, and early October? Yeah, there's a couple of reasons for it, uh, Wolf. Uh, first of all, uh, people are on holidays, so uh, the big uh, investors, the institutions, and so on are less active, so volume tends to be less and volatility tends to be greater. Probably of greater importance is that usually as you get closer to the middle of October, analysts are looking at their earnings estimates and they're saying, oh boy, we were looking for a pretty good uh, outlook in the first half of this year. Things are not going so well. Maybe we should reduce our estimates going forward. And analysts have a tendency to lower their earnings estimates and their cash flow estimates right into the middle of October. That causes weakness coming into that period of time. Well, without question, um, you know, an analyst with a sharp pen and a good reputation, you know, uh, some of those main shops from Wall Street and here at home as well, when they write up a company and and, and change their opinion of the company, they certainly can move markets. Um, We're speaking with Don Velo, a veteran of Bay Street, uh, a man who really has seen almost all of it, certainly as much as an investor could possibly see as he has a lot of tenure, and I have a lot of respect for Don. It's an absolute pleasure to always bring him to you to get his view of the market. We are entering the seasonal period of the market. It tends to be a little more shaky. Uh, That perhaps could dovetail into a second wave of COVID-19. Good Lord forbid, but you never know. Buyer beware once again, and being informed is what it's all about. Uh, So with those two factors in play, uh, I'm going to ask you to stay tuned. We're going to help you get through the potential storm, little rough waters that are in front of us. Hi-Fi Radio, I'm Wolfgang Klein. Chuck Hartle, uh, we'll bring him into the show uh, right after this and uh, carry on helping you with your money. money. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
Well, welcome back to the show about money. It's Wolfgang Klein. A pleasure to be with you each and every Saturday on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. I hope your day is going well. I hope you have a smile on your face. And please, uh, if money questions ever come up and you don't have a reliable source to help you with those questions, you do. It's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. And you can reach us uh, at WolfgangKlein.com. Uh, our show of performance, the work that we do, the services we provide to help our clients uh, in a holistic manner, uh, top down, bottom up, uh, left and right, we cover it all. And if we don't, we know people who do. So it is a, a full service approach to help the clients guide their wealth over decades. Yes, decades. Uh, and that's really what it's all about. Slow Steady Eddie wins the race. And every now and then, uh, the market gods and the volatility and uh, the media, you name it, it can shake the market. And uh, Jack and I, and uh, certainly I'm sure every one of you, knows someone who got frightened out of the market during the uh, pandemic crises uh, that we are currently living through, but uh, from a market point of view, massively recovering from and so those folks who exited the market aggressively uh for the most part i believe have not gotten back in um jack i want you to speak to that uh for those folks what is your advice jack and i'm going to help you out here again we got some potential volatility coming at us uh and don i want you to help out with that question <laughs> is this perhaps going to give people a chance the seasonal weakness that we might know no guarantees we might get, and again, we got an election coming up, and I'm sure uh, the current president is going to add to some volatility, certainly to some um, <laughs> drama. Uh, it's going to make for interesting viewing, I shall say. But what's your advice, gentlemen, to uh, those who are sitting on a big pile of cash right now, watching the bull market uh, leave them behind? Yeah, with uh, uncertainty comes opportunity. And we've actually had some very inter interesting opportunities during the last couple of weeks that have started to appear. One of the things that happened this time around is we've seen the U.S. dollar come down sharply because of all this COVID stuff and the decline in the economy. But this has caused or created some great opportunities as well. What's happened is that commodity prices, things like lumber and gold and copper, prices are soaring to offset the decline in the U.S. dollar. So there's an opportunity there, and we've seen some really quite dramatic increases in some of the commodity-related stocks. And it looks like the opportunity will continue going through until at least late this year. Oh, well, um, no question. I, I'm paying attention. See, when I think commodities gone, I certainly see gold, I see oil. And oil is certainly not sexy. Uh, gold is. Um, but see, quietly, lumber uh, has been ripping, and it's not getting a lot of attention. Uh, West Fraser Timber, a stock that uh, Jack and I successfully made a lot of money on trading, and we exited it sort of in and around these prices, it gave you a great chance to buy it back uh, for a second trade. I didn't take advantage of that. But, Jack, I want you to speak to that as well. Sitting on a big ball of cash, what do you do? Well, I think, Wolf, um, and we're doing this with our clients as well, you look for opportunities uh, to take advantage of in the market. So just on Thursday, GDP report came out in the U.S. Second quarter GDP was basically the worst on record. Um, but we have to think about it and look at it saying, you know what, that's a backward-looking data point. So, the market needs to look forward, and that's what it's doing right now. Like uh, Don said, there's lots of liquidity in the market. Inflation's relatively benign. Uh, there's lots of money out there to, to um, you know, fund whether it's mortgages or consumer spending. Uh, so I do expect over time the economy to improve off a very low base. And like I said, if you get weakness, I think it should be bought. 
Um, you obviously have to look at the sectors and names that you're looking at, and that's what we really help our clients with. Um, so, so Don, uh, again, let's help us um, set up a potential roadmap. Um, if you're sitting on cash and you get some volatility next week, would you begin buying? There are certain areas you can uh, can buy. A good example, if you look at uh, gold and gold stocks, uh, they actually ended their period of seasonal strength, the best one of the year, right around the third week in July, and they continue to move higher at least until the end of September. So we just, just entered into the period of seasonal strength for uh, precious metals. Uh, not only that, but the price of gold last week broke above 1923 U.S. into an all-time high. Now, as a technical analyst, that gets me excited because it means that we're looking for significantly higher prices going at least until the end of this year. Uh, it's not only gold. I guess gold uh, during the last during the month of July up nine percent. Platinum's up eighteen percent. Silver's up thirty three percent. Wow, those are huge, those are huge gains, and they are being reflected in the prices of their equities. So look for a continued strength in uh, precious metals for certainly. Uh, also, things like uh, copper prices still going higher, uh, lumber prices going higher, and all these uh, sectors are doing very, very well uh, on, a, on a seasonal basis as well as a technical basis. So stick with them. Add some more. Um, the uh, next question I'm going to throw on the table here, uh, Don, again, we have about 30 seconds to get an answer from you on that before we go to a quick break, is the next 12 months, Don, um, which market is going to outperform, Canada or the United States? That's a simple one to answer because uh, a lot was going to be ten. One, who, who wins the election coming up in November in the United States? And more and more, the polls are starting to say that Biden is going to become the victor. And when that happens, that is not going to be good for U.S. equity securities for sure. It doesn't mean that Canadian equities will outperform U.S. equities at least until the end of this year. Now, but I have seen data, Don, and back when you and I worked for that big bank, um, and recently from Bespoke, that uh, a Democratic victory is better for the market than a Republican victory. But look, let's go to commercial break. We're going to get back with Don Velo. He's a technical analyst. He's a very dear friend of mine and uh, equally important. He's a man with a lot of experience, knowledge to share we must respect our elders. I, and Don, I, I, I say that to you with the utmost respect, my good man. Uh, Sci-Fi Radio, Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. I am Wolfgang Klein, Jack Hartle. Always in for your cause. Please stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Well, she's walking through the ground. It's Hi-Fi Radio, my good friends, and it's a long weekend. May you enjoy it. May you be safe, and uh, may you prosper. Uh, time for a little uh, study break, I shall say. We're talking about money. We're talking about, hopefully, your money. Uh, fascinating times, is it not? It really is. Uh, market flirting with all-time highs. Economy is reopening, yet the media tells us there's another wave coming. There certainly is large pockets of hardship um but the market is digesting it it's accepting covid uh 19 um jack i want to start with you again you spent some time uh, listening to a lot of conference calls and uh, uh, both you and i spent some time listening to uh one of the strategists at fidelity uh can you in 30 seconds jack just just summarize 
um, her theses? Because uh, I want to then pivot off that with Dawn. Well, the one key thing I think that she was talking about was the fact that, um, and she spoke a lot, but the one key thing that she said that was a little counterintuitive was that when governments run deficits, uh, they tend to raise taxes. So everyone considers you know, raising taxes as a negative for the market. But the fact of the matter is, when the, the governments are raising taxes, as they, I would expect them to do down in the U.S. and in Canada, it means they're going to be spending uh, more fiscal money. So they're pumping money into the system, into various sectors that they think need it. So net-net, although they're raising taxes, they're also pushing a lot of money into the system through fiscal spending. And maybe it's not as bad of a thing as people expect when uh, a Democratic president or liberal, I guess, up here in Canada uh, are in power because they are pushing money, especially to people that really need it. Well, again, I, I think the uh, the television ratings are going to go through the roof as it, as the 100-day march uh, begins uh, to, towards a very, very uh, historic uh, American election. Uh, and the market, certainly, you got to think the market will be more volatile. I have never witnessed such um, post-election volatility as uh, we witnessed four years ago when uh, President Trump became and the market immediately imploded uh and then within hours stabilized and turned uh the course and that's again i i repeat that is what makes the market quite um delicate and uh i don't know about toxic if it is the right word but certainly dangerous uh it can cause you to do things you really shouldn't do and again so when you come through a crisis just try to remind yourself that crises need to be purchased or left alone but certainly panic is never ever a good solution longer term. Uh, that sense of volatility is coming our way. Uh, I, I sense it. The, the his history books tell us, but this year might be different once again. Uh, Don was mentioning gold looking really powerful, uh, coming to all-time highs. Uh, after Don, we're of course going to bring a gold expert on the show, Jamie Carrasco. Um, he's uh, been a steadfast gold bull, and uh, kudos to him. He's uh, been very, very successful of late. It'll be interesting to see uh, what he has to say. Don, let, let's um, uh, continue on beyond gold. Um, but what's your take on the interest rate environment and the value part of the market? This has been a growth environment. You like stocks making all-time highs. Jack and I own a lot of stocks that are making all-time highs. Um, I bet you're going to write up Generac very soon on your report. I bet you're going to write up DocuSign very soon on one of your reports. If not, you should. You wrote up AMD. We own that stock as well. Uh, tech is making all-time highs. Uh, you know, why screw around with it? Now, I think you should because you need to have a barbell, some growth, and some value. So value is easier to buy in here, Don. Uh, the banks, perhaps the oils, perhaps some of the lagging commodities. Um, and, and speaking of commodities, I want to ask you a quick question to help us out with the, the value side of things. Uh, the soft commodities, I just saw an article uh, out from Albertan, uh, cattle farmers, beef farmers, uh, saying that uh, Beyond Meat and Synthetic Meat is beginning to affect heads of cattle in demand. Uh, have you noticed a, a drop in beef prices uh, with the Beyond Meat? And uh, help us with the value part of the market, Don. Yeah, it's interesting that during this time, because of the uncertainty, uh, what you're seeing is, uh, in the case of both the federal government and a little bit in the Canadian government as well, they're trying to offset the uh, concerns about the economy by lowering interest rates. And in fact, on Wednesday of last week, we saw... Uh, uh, the interest rate on 10-year uh, treasuries in the United States reached uh, 0.50, which is re ridiculously low, uh, but it's 
looking like it's even going to go lower between now and uh, election day, which is November the 3rd. So that has some good news for uh, interest-sensitive securities, things like, uh, well, bonds, for example, which as interest rates go lower, as the government buys, buy, buys more and more bonds, then that means the prices of bonds are going to go higher. And so that's a positive for uh, certainly uh, uh, bonds in the United States, particularly treasury bonds, but it's also being reflected in the prices of Canadian bonds. They also are moving higher now in anticipation of lower rates between now and the end of the year. Lower interest rates, how much lower can they go? So hard. Don, would you buy a 30-year government bond for yourself at a, what is it, what's the yield on a 30-year trade, at 2%? Uh, about that, yeah. I'd put it this way, if you think that the rate's going to go from 2% to 1.5%, that's a huge gain in the price of that particular uh, bond. Sorry, Don, the quick math on that, that would be about a 7% gain on that bond, isn't it? About that, yeah, that's correct. That's a so it looks that's like... like uh, 1.2 right now. See, with, with all this uncertainty, people are looking for a place to hide. And the easiest way of, of finding a place to hide is to go into uh, high-quality uh, fixed income securities. And uh, in the case, of, you know, just to give an example, uh, it's possible that we could even see rates going negative in the United States, although the Fed says they prefer not to. We actually have negative uh, long-term rates in Europe right now, uh, implying that we can see lower rates here in both Canada and the United States. Uh, over the next few months? No, we, without question, again, I will never forget, I remind people uh, here in Toronto, friends, family, real estate agents specifically, that when I was in Copenhagen uh, uh, two years ago, uh, mortgage ease, those holding a mortgage, uh, were able to get a negative interest rate uh, piece of debt. So they would borrow, say, a million and pay back $995,000 over the course of 30 years. Negative interest rate, unheard of to the consumer. That could be coming here to North America, who knows? Well, Don Velo has an inkling, and it is the High Priority Radio, Global News Radio Network 640 in Toronto. Don Beeler is a market strategist. He writes a wonderful daily chart package called Tech Talk. Uh, feel free to go to his website, techtalk.com, and subscribe to it. It's excellent. It's an excellent package, and it's free uh, from a veteran of Bay Street. Uh, Jack Carlin, for your cause, as am I. We're going to go to a quick break and get right back to helping you with your money on Hi-Fi Radio. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Got a black magic woman. Got a black magic woman. Got a black magic Welcome back to Hi-Fi Radio. I hope your morning is going well. Beautiful weekend. It's a beautiful day. And it's one day at a time. Baby steps as you're building wealth. Baby steps consistently. I'll tell you, I have my son saving money, and it is working like a charm. Every week, as he wraps chicken and saves a little bit of money, he's been buying mutual funds. And as you know, we've gone through a COVID, capital V-like market action. The market went down and has come basically straight back up like a V. 
And so the consistent investor who kept buying down, down, down was getting things on sale. And as they bought up, 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 they were buying winners. Um, Don, it's interesting. I did a little uh, uh, autopsy on our portfolio uh, with Jack yesterday. And it's often interesting when you sort of, you don't forget, but uh, you, you own a stock, it's working. And if it's working, leave it alone and monitor it. Uh, I said to Jack, when did we buy DocuSign and what did we pay for DocuSign? And so he looked on the system and in September of 2019, we bought our first position in DocuSign at approximately $61. It began to move up to 62, 63, 64, 65. And like you, Don, I like things that are going up and are working. We bought more and doubled the position. See, what retail investors often do is when something's going down, they buy more. And if it goes lower, they keep buying it until it's zero and it ain't worth anything. I don't like that approach. I like to buy stuff that's working, buy more of it when it's working. Uh, lo and behold, Don, our do- uh, DocuSign that we purchased last fall uh, has become COVID central success story and, and has eclipsed two times par. Par is 100 in the world of finance. The stock is over $200 a share, and it continues to make new highs. But its valuation is through the stratosphere, almost. Not, and there's more expensive names out there than it. Shopify comes to mind, another stock that's making all-time highs. Let's first play with those two stories, then let's talk about the U.S. election. Um, what would you do if you held DocuSign and if you held Shopify right here, right now? Hey, give me an overview. When, when, sure, an overview on what I'm expecting. Uh, first of all, uh, the uh, U.S. equity indices have a history of reaching a, uh, a kind of an intermediate peak right around the middle of August and go into a little bit of weakness until the middle of October. That's during the election year. This year, it might be starting a little bit early. For example, on Thursday uh, of this week, we saw the Dow Jones Industrial Average break below its 20-day and 50-day moving averages. Now, the key to watch this year is what expectations for the election. And now it's looking more and more that Biden's going to win. He has a 15-point lead so far over Trump. This is going to eventually provide a buying opportunity in kind of a strange sort of way. Here's what happens if, if Biden wins. He already has told the market that he's going to increase corporate tax rates from about 20% to 28%. That's not good for the market, that's for sure. In addition, uh, there's a possibility that he will propose an increase in capital gains tax. What people will do is, after Biden is elected in, in November the 3rd, they will sell off the market big time. But you'll see the market reach a very important low before Biden actually becomes the president, which is the third week in January. This will provide probably a classic opportunity to be a big buyer of stocks that you really favor. But I'm just saying that between now and uh, the election date, uh, watch what you're doing. Uh, Don, um, I want to give you an applause for what you just said. Absolutely brilliant. Ajax? Yeah, it's uh, looking at the seasonal factors and tying in, obviously, the presidential election as well. Um, you know, that's uh, what you need to do. Look at the tools you have available and then make a decision. Um, Don, uh, please, uh, 60 seconds. Anything else up your sleeve for the audience? No, it's just been a really interesting time in the markets. And, uh, you know, you go with the flow. You go with what's working, for example, in the case of the precious metals. Uh, I noticed on Thursday they were down slightly, but any kind of weakness is an opportunity to uh, to buy uh, not only the precious metals, but also the precious metal equities uh, and the ETFs as well. I guess the best one in Canada is 
XGD. It's an iShare, and uh, it's done well, but it, it hasn't uh, performed as strongly as some of the other uh, uh, ETFs in, that are in gold in the United States. And that immediately is because of currency. Look for U.S. dollar to continue to be lower, and that's going to be good for commodities in general. Take advantage. Which will also be good for the TSX. That's one of our favorite ideas right now for new money is just to buy the TSX 60, get your 3.5 dividend, and if commodities go, the TSX will do just fine. Uh, Oil will be the outlier to see if we can get the Canadian crude uh, out of the country at a competitive price as opposed to subsidizing American oil consumption. Don Velo, uh, Tech Talk author, veteran of Bay Street, dear friend of mine, I cannot thank you enough uh, to spend some time with us this Saturday morning. I wish you a safe weekend, and uh, Jack and I will reach out and get you back on Hi-Fi Radio very, very soon. Going to go to a quick commercial break and get right back to Market Talk. Uh, Going to get Jamie Crosco on. He is a gold expert, uh, a portfolio manager at Canaccord Genuity. It's always a pleasure and a treat to have on the show. You stay tuned for that. It's going to be great. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? Come on back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It's the kiss of death from Mr. Goldfinger. Welcome back to the show. It's Hi-Fi Radio. Good morning, my good friends. How are you? How's your weekend been so far? I do wish you a safe, wonderful, long weekend. And interesting times continue, but optimism uh, can be felt and seen. Uh, it really can. Um, gold, whoa, all-time highs. Don Velo uh, just speaking about uh, the breakout in gold and how market technicians, those who look at charts and, and follow momentum in the market, like stocks that are at all-time highs, and they continue to buy them and pushing them up further higher. Uh, Jamie Crasco is a uh, colleague of ours. Uh, he's been on the show many times. Uh, Jamie is a, is a unique bird, I shall say, um, as he is a gold bug, and I find most gold bugs quite unique. Uh, I once was a gold bug. Um, I lost my sheen on that one. I, just, I, I couldn't continue to comprehend the concept of gold. Um, and lo and behold, gold moves higher uh, without me. That's okay. I don't need to be at every party because I know which ones are a lot of fun. And uh, for now, it's the COVID-19 tech theme that seems to be driving uh, our portfolios to success. Our clients are very happy with our work. Uh, But Jamie, your clients must be equally happy, although you're taking a different approach to your success. Notably, uh, you've had a big position in gold. Uh, Please share with us uh, how things are working for you this year and uh, you know how you continue to adjust your portfolios to uh, maintain success and uh, happy clients. Uh, nice to nice to hear from you guys while I'm away. Um, yeah, things are going very well right now. The the portfolios are doing quite well. I am adjusting out of um, I've been adjusting out of gold because think of the slinky analogy and that gold now is sitting above nineteen hundred dollars. But the HUI, the sector itself, is sitting at about 350. Last time gold was up here, the sector was trading at about 750. So there's room for the sector itself, the producers, to move higher. The other thing that I've been adjusting to is silver. Silver's finally broken out, trading at about $23. Should be trading much higher with gold at 1900. So silver and the silver companies are starting to move. 
So just at the beginning of Q2, I adjusted, um, rotated over to some silver companies and to silver itself. So I'm overweighting the silver. So what I'm trying to do is uh, play the ones that are catching up now um, and wait it out. But I do think that gold will continue higher just because of what's going on in the currencies. You know, you know what's remarkable about silver? Sorry, Jamie. It was what, what's, what I find remarkable about silver is it, it is and certainly once was a much sought after industrial precious metal, notably for the film industry. And just this week, Kodak stock exploded 300 percent, but not because of making film, but because Donald Trump announced a government loan of three quarters of a billion dollars. So Kodak can begin producing chemicals uh, and, 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 and basically the derivatives of drugs. Uh, to, for the vaccination uh, process. Uh, but silver, uh, the old poor man's gold certainly has lagged. Um, I think you're smart, Jamie. I think gold is expensive on many ratios. And gold has often been compared to the Dow Industrials, um, uh, barrels of oil for an ounce of gold, ounces of silver for an ounce of gold. And I haven't looked closely lately, but in speaking with another dear friend of mine, he, he, he reminded me of uh, the stretched valuations in gold. Let me ask you this, Jamie. How far of a stretch? Because for me to come back to gold is a far stretch. I don't think I'm going to go there. In fact, I know I'm not going to go there. What about you leaping over towards our side? Do you have any technology in your portfolios? Sure I do, but it's blockchain. I truly believe in blockchain, you know, and uh, I think, <laughs> that's, that's uh, and I funny. do. Sorry, I have to laugh. That, that is, that, that's funny. Hey, Jack? Well, well it's, it's like the internet back in 1990. Everybody laughed about it. What's this thing going to yeah, be good no, no, for? No, and look at it now. Look, right. Bitcoin is like a gold, so, Jamie. It's like gold, but it is very, no question, it's technology as well. So it's very interesting. You own a precious metal pseudo-tech uh, theme um, and, and again, very successful. So, what are, what are you what are you holding in the in the realm of Bitcoin? And certainly, I assume you've made very good money with it. Well, I participated in the money race of the Bitcoin trust that they did when they locked in about ninety three hundred. But I also own High, which is a miner. They're mining the coins, right? Now, blockchain continues developing because, as a ledger. Uh, what the technology does, it continues to develop and more and more applications are coming on board. So I do like the technology. I think it's going to continue to develop. Um, you know, whether I see the, the whole spike that Bitcoin went through. And again, I'm not participating necessarily in Bitcoin. I like the technology. And, and all central banks and all banks are saying that they're going into some kind of a blockchain-based um, uh, system, which means that they're going to use Ethereum. Ethereum is the one that really interests me because that's the one that Fidelity has been using to develop its platform. Uh, all the mutual fund companies are coming on board, the insurance companies, because of the ledgering capabilities of the technology. So I think I don't think we should dismiss it. I think it's brand new technology the same way that the Internet nobody understood back in the early 90s. Well, it's so interesting to say. Right. Sorry, Jamie. Uh, so just let me bring it back. Yeah. We're going to go to a quick break here. But it, it is very, very interesting that without question, um, uh, odd lot traders, um, uh, day traders, do-it-yourself trading, Robinhood accounts has escalated during the COVID crises. And without question, some of that trading activity is taking, ca- uh, taking place with Bitcoin and the derivative products. And I know this firsthand because a dear friend of mine's son opened up one of Canada's first um, Bitcoin trading platforms, and business is booming. Uh, people are buying and selling the Bitcoin and the likes, and, well, some are making a lot of money very quickly. Others are finding it not so easy. But it's also interesting that one of my son's friends, um, 
believes he has a job as he sits at home and tries to trade the stock market. And unfortunately, I think he learned a very good lesson very quickly as he said to his friends and his parents, ooh, this is very hard. It is, my good friend. <laughs> this is Hi-Fi Radio. I'm Wolfgang Klein. I'm a portfolio manager. Jack Hartle, my partner, also a portfolio manager. Jamie Carrasco, gold bull, great guy, good buddy, also a portfolio manager. We manage money. We help people manage their wealth over the long haul. And it's a delight to be with you each and every week. And we're going to go to a quick break and get right back with my buddy, Jamie Krasko. We're going to talk a little bit more about blockchain, alternative assets, and uh, what else is up Jamie's sleeve. Certainly different than Jack and I. Always a pleasure and a treat to uh, hear what he has to say. Please, my good friends, stay tuned. Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show, my good friends. It's Hi-Fi Radio, and we're getting close to 8 o'clock. I congratulate you uh, for being the early bird, because you're going to get the worm. And, uh, well, that's what you're supposed to do. Enjoy your day. Rise up, rise up. Uh, Josh, I want that in the intro, by the way. Indeed, my good friends, we got Jamie Crasco uh, on the phone. Uh, he's a colleague of Jack and mine uh, with Canaccord Genuity. Jamie is a portfolio manager like Jack and I. Um, yet Jamie has a very, very unique approach, and I respect his approach immensely. Um, and he can certainly substantiate his strategy. You know, when it comes to hiring a money manager, uh, personality fit is paramount. Um, your personality must be aligned with your advisor's personality. Uh, and in such, you'll, you'll, you'll be on the right vessel uh, and, and, and seek the outcome that you're looking for. If there's a mismatch, it won't work. Uh, so Jamie's clients are very different than uh, our clients, but ultimately uh, everyone in this game wants to make some money. And that's really what it's all about, building building wealth over the long haul. Um, so Jamie, where do you want to pick up here? You, you mentioned blockchain, Ethereum. Uh, what other areas are you investing money in right now? Are you remaining concentrated in uh, the new gold, i.e. blockchain, Bitcoin, and uh, uh, silver and gold as is? Well, within the portfolios, you know, the my equity income components, I'm still high in class awaiting better markets to enter. I do think that the volatility is going gonna, is gonna to continue to increase coming into year end. Look at the mess we're hearing with regards to the U.S. Uh, political, for, for, with regards to the elections, right? It's just going to get worse coming into year end. So I do expect systemic risk to continue increasing, which is why I have gold. And the price of gold, I think most people don't understand what's moving it higher. Um, I think it has to do more with the currencies. But then again, what I keep saying to people is concentrate on asset allocation. Have some allocation in the sector, good quality producers. Uh, look at Equico's earnings. They reported yesterday stellar earnings, and we know that next quarter are going to be even better because of where the price of gold is. And the stock at $100 still pricing in, I think, much lower levels of gold. You know, again, back to the HUI. So playing it more conservative, holding cash and waiting, um, and holding on to my safe safe haven assets. And I think gold is shining as a safe haven asset, and it'll continue shining as a safe haven asset going forward as we head into more and more systemic risk. So, you know, not doing anything too crazy. I think it's time to you know, trim back your sails and wait for the storm to pass. And I think the storm's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, but again, Jamie, I want to come back to storm. 
excuse me, the stock, the, the Nasdaq is virtually at an all time high. Uh, the Dow yes, Industrials, tip, you know, five, six percent away. The S&P 500, uh, again, uh, with a feather, it's tickling the all time mm-hmm. high. Uh, This is not a pessimistic outcome. And uh, Jack and I spent some time uh, on a conference call uh, with a fidelity strategist. And excuse me, her name behooves me right now, but she's brilliant. And uh, she said, once you come out of a recession, and we are now, you have to believe, coming out of a recession very soon, the market tends to go up another 80%. Um, Speak to that, Jamie. Well, again, um, one of the things we've got to look at is look at the U.S. DX, the, the DXY, which just broke 95, and it's sitting right at the low 93s. It went down very quickly. My issue is sorry, that what we're looking at... So, Jim, I'm going to jump in on you. That's bullish, not bearish. When the, when the market goes it's south... It's bullish for the, the stock market, but yeah. I, I agree with you. But the problem is, is that the underlying currency under which that market is priced is declining at a faster pace then the market is rising, right? So you're, what we're witnessing is real, um, it's, it's, it's purchasing power destruction of our savings. And that's yeah, where and I emerging think- Emerging markets benefit from a weaker U.S. dollar. Commodities benefit from a weaker U.S. dollar. America is an ex, well, sort of an exporting nation. What are the exports of America relative to GDP, Jack? You would know off the top of your head. Uh, the 30% of multinational, multinationals is 50%. Uh, I even look at Google. I wonder what Google's foreign revenues are. It'd have to be 50% now. So again, uh, when they repatriate into a uh, lower U.S. buck, earnings go up. Uh, I don't see a lot of downside for a weaker U.S. dollar. I don't think that's a bad thing. Sure, if it's a runaway implosion, but it won't be. Uh, I think that's very, very... Right, but I would argue that I would argue with you in that you're looking at it from the equity side. Again, I come at it from the debt side. Hey, no, I'm talking about what's going on. Market debt. I'm saying emerging market debt is more stable when the U.S. buck goes down. Why? Because emerging markets, i.e., emerging market countries, have to borrow in U.S. currency, not their own domestic currency, U.S. currency, and yet use their own currency to pay it back. So they want to make sure they're paying back in a weaker U.S. buck, not a stronger one. Yeah, that's very important to the market. That's also very important to the Canadian market. Uh, so, Jack, I want you to jump in on this one here in, in, in the interest of time and, and, and work with Jamie through it. Sure. So I, I think that, uh, like you said, and Tony Dwyer came out with a piece talking about the, the U.S. dollar weakness. Uh, I would say that is a sign uh, that the market is, is healing, uh, just for the fact that you saw what happened in March and April. Um, when there is a crisis, money flows back to the U.S. dollar. It is still, and despite what everyone believes, it is still uh, a safe haven asset. We do use it, you know, as a natural hedge in our portfolios, as a bit of a ballast. So when the market goes down, typically the U.S. dollar rises and vice versa. So right. I would say that, uh, like, like you're talking about, and I know Jamie's looking at it from a different angle, but for an equity investor, uh, I do think owning U.S. dollars does provide stability and reduces volatility in portfolios. Right. And again, Jamie, I'm going to go back to you. If you're worried about purchasing power, and that's very relevant without question. I'm going to, I'm going to give you an, an, an amazing example. I just bought myself a new house. Uh, and I share this with you, my friends. I bought myself a new house. And the land transfer tax was nauseating. It was ginormous. And a friend of mine said to me... I'm so going to get worse. My friend said, Wolf, your land transfer tax was more than the price I paid for my original home in Toronto. He didn't make me feel very good. And, you know, I, this brings me to another point about equities and even gold. Um, friends, a little secret. When you buy stocks or you buy gold, 
you don't pay tax. You don't pay tax. It's tax-free purchase. That doesn't exist. Uh, you buy a new piece of real estate, you're paying tax one way or another. Land transfer tax. If you buy it from a builder, you're paying HST. When you buy Microsoft, when you buy, you don't pay. Yes, you pay tax when you sell it. You pay tax when you sell a piece of real estate too, if it's not personal residence. That's a little trick for you. No tax, tax-free day, buying stock. They don't talk about that. I don't know why. But they talk when taxes are going up and it's good reason to do it. Uh, I tell you, uh, it is easier uh, to trade uh, liquid securities than it is fixed assets without question. Uh, lesson shared, do not trade fixed assets frequently. It's expensive. Uh, it's 5% to buy and it's 5% to sell. If you want to lose 10% quick, transact frequently. It'll cost you 10% quick. Uh, gentlemen, interest of time, uh, final thoughts before we uh, wish our listeners a safe, long weekend? Yes, asset allocation. Make sure that you have proportionate amounts of all of these things in order to diversify the portfolio. Right? So I'm not saying put everything into gold, but make sure that you have some into it to participate in or to benefit as a as a safe haven asset, just like the US dollar with regards to the to the overall market. I agree. Well yeah, you it's funny, you like um, blockchain, you like the miners. I like the semiconductor stocks because you know something, those miners need picks and axes. I'll sell them to them. NVIDIA, AMD, ripping. Uh, but yes, I agree with you as well. Diversity. Some banks, some commodities, uh, some technology, some Americans, some Canadian, dividend payers, some value, some growth. Uh, and as a Jack and I manage a concentrated 60-stock portfolio, and we manage to transcend roughly seven industries out of 10. Uh, so uh, we are diversified and yet uh, we're trying to create some what's called alpha market outperformance. We're doing that as well. And if you want to see for yourselves, my good friends, please go to our website, wolfgangkline.com. We put up our monthly performance. We are as transparent as can be. Uh, numbers are published against the benchmark. They're compared against the market. And I must say, Jack, I'm very proud of the work you do for our clients. And I'm very proud of the work my entire team does uh, for our clients. It's a pleasure and it's a treat to be able to service you each and every weekend on radio. And please, if you want to get more intimate, Jack and I, contact us, wolfgangkline.com. Please have a great weekend, my good friends. Stay safe. Be optimistic, and tomorrow is another day. May you live long. You have a great weekend. It's Hi-Fi Radio. You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week. The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.